And I'll be talking tonight about worship out of 2 Samuel 6. Uh, More specifically about how God calls us to live and worship with God on the front of our mind. Not in the middle or on the back. To put it this way, that in our worship, we worship before an audience of one. We worship before an audience of one. So, Abby and my wife and I, we watch a show called The Crown. That's the picture on the screen. It's called The Crown. Anyone else watch The Crown? Oh, oh my gosh. Is it like an old person show that I'm watching? I don't know. Like, no, like The Crown. It's on Netflix. It's about the royal family, and in it, it, just, it plays out the life. It's like a docu-series about the life of the royal family. And interestingly, in this, in the, obviously, it's not totally accurate. It's, it's a dramatized recreation of some of the speculations of their life and some of the conspiracy theories. Not conspiracy. It is documentation. Either way, that's besides the point. But in the show, people will walk into the queen's presence. They'll walk into Buckingham Palace, walk into the grand corridor where she has her throne, and people walk in. And whenever anyone walks into a room where the queen is at, they have to bow. And you see the fear of people who haven't been in the presence of the queen before. They are nervous. They're walking in. They're just like, they're like, what should I, I make sure they do the right thing? They're just, they're worried about the protocol. And the interesting thing about it is when they walk into the room, you notice they don't worry about the guards. They don't worry about the maids. They don't worry about the servants. They don't worry about anyone. The only person that has their attention, the only person that's on the front of their mind is that queen. And so in our worship, I would like to encourage us tonight to spur us on that in our worship that we would be like a guest entering the presence of that queen. That we would, we would, when we walk into a space with worship with other believers, that no matter what anyone else is doing, we would have that type of reverence that the only person that matters is the king. The only person that matters is our Savior, Jesus. So, why don't we worship this way to begin with? <laughs> you know, like, why, why do we get distracted? What is going on in the context of a congregation when we gather to worship? What is happening? Well, we get distractions. So, here's some reasons why might, someone might be distracted. Their crush is standing next to them. And they're worshiping, and they're like, this is a good song, and then they're kind of into it, and they look over, and their crush's hands is raised, and they're like, okay. <laughs> they're like, okay, that's what I got to do. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're distracted because someone has a bad voice, and they're singing too loudly. That's me. That's me. Maybe you're distracted because, or someone's distracted because they don't know the song. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they're wondering if the drummer or singer is single. I don't know why we get distracted, but we get distracted. Some of y'all are like, did he say that? I know y'all are thinking that. Come on, you can't fool me. Y'all are like, are they single? (laughs) Anyway, so we get distracted. And it's funny to joke and laugh about, but the reality is, is that I'm calling us to a higher standard. I'm calling us to a higher living in our worship. I'll preface the rest of my message by saying that I understand that worship is not just this singing in a corporate gathering like this. But specifically for tonight, I want, to, I want to reference this type of gathering for worship. I can't control what you do in secret, but I can make comment on how we do it here and how we can do it biblically. So with that, I want to, 
I want to comment on how we should worship before an audience of one. And I want to do that by referencing 2 Samuel 6, 14 through 16, which is a story about David and how he worshiped before the presence of God when the Ark of the Covenant was returned from a foreign land. The Ark of the Covenant is where God's presence dwelt. It's where his presence dwelt. And so we might find a connection between the Lord's presence in the Ark of the Covenant and the promise that God says, whenever two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And so in the way that God's presence is represented by the Ark, so too it might be a foreshadowing of us gathering on a Thursday night to worship. And the way that David responded to the presence is an encouragement to us to how we should respond to the presence of God. So use this story from David as an encouragement, as a challenge to a higher calling of worship to God. So let's read it. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Some of you, I'm done. Nope. <laughs> Some of y'all like, I ain't dancing. Are you kidding me? Never say never. And David danced. Let's wait till you get those flags back out next week. I'm going to get some of y'all ready to go. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So I'm going to clarify something here. Some people seem to think that David was dancing like in his underwear or like half naked. An ephod is the undergarment of a, ki of a, of a king's wardrobe. Okay? So it's not necessarily him dancing inappro inappropriately dressed. It's him not dancing in his kingly robe or his royal robe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Clarify that. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the, Lord, uh, the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. We'll talk about his wife later. <laughs> I want to make a comment here that David's worship was before an audience of one. I'll make a comment here. We need more pastors who are like David, less pastors who are like Michael. We need more Christian leaders, not just pastors, but all leaders who their worship unto the Lord seems foolishness to man. We need more people, more leaders who care less about what people think and more about the worship and the honoring and the ministering unto our God. We need more of that. And we'll clarify what that all entails here. He understood that worship, David's worship was for an audience of one. He understood that worship is before God. Yes. It is for God. He displayed outwardly what he believed inwardly. He displayed outwardly what he believed inwardly. I bet you, we have a lot of people that in their hearts are super thankful, super expressive, and super in love with God, but because of one reason or another, we withhold our outward expression of our worship for some reason. In Psalm 22.3, it says this, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. I want to I park here on this last phrase, enthroned on the praises of Israel. God... Israel is a type of the New Testament church. It could be said as God's people. So the New Testament, the, since Jesus has come and resurrected, you and I, the gathering of the church, the church of Christ, is a type of Israel. So not all the time, but sometimes when we see the word Israel, we can foreshadow it to a type of you and I gathering as the church of Jesus Christ. 
so enthroned on the praises of Israel. I want to make a comment here. God is not enthroned by singing. He is not enthroned by our singing. He is enthroned by our praise. People can sing without praising. People can praise without singing. Praise has to do with this hidden, secret, uh, invisible faith action, gratitude action towards Yahweh or towards God in the presence of other people. And so he is enthroned, when, the, when his people gather, he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Some of you may have heard this, uh, a different translation. It says, he inhabits. Per, I, there's, there can be argumentation on which word is better. I personally believe that enthroned is a better translation. That, all, yes, he does come and meet with us, but more importantly, he is enthroned above us. So when, when we meet and we worship and we praise God, he is enthroned by our praises. He doesn't need our praises, but he's enthroned by them. So we can all sing, but our hearts, our faith, and our sincerity matters. This is what it says in Matthew 15. It says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. I'll, I'll read this again. In vain they do worship me. This people honors me with their lips, with their singing, with their, with their words, but their heart is far from me, teaching us that our singing must be integrous or there must be alignment with our heart. Much like David's outward expression was a, was a display of his inward belief, so our worship should be. He is enthroned by our praise, which leads me to my next point. Having an audience of one in worship points us to the fact that worship is all about God. Let me say that again. Worship is all about God. The Bible is all about God. Creation is all about God. Eternity is all about God. The truth is all about God. Life is all about God. Love is all about God. It is all about God. And the culture that we live in likes to make you the center of the worship. It likes to make you the center of the Bible. They want you to be the center of your own world. The problem is, is that you are your biggest problem. You and I are our biggest problem. And so when we are at the center of our worship, there is nothing that that worship will do for God or us. So worship is all about God. David worshiped and danced before the Lord. Before the Lord. There were people everywhere watching. They were all watching the king and how he behaved in relation to the presence of God. And he had the focus, the integrity to say, you know what? I don't care what others think. I don't care what my wife thinks. God is de deserving of my worship, my sacrifice. He's deserving of it all. So, it is all about God. David was dancing before the Lord, worshiping before the Lord, before the presence of God. And so we too should dance and worship and sing and give glory to God for who he is and what he's done in our lives and in the earth. So what is worship not about? 
<laughs> I like this question. Worship is not about song choice. <laughs> we have a preference-based culture that like, I, I, I say this because I lived it. Um, there were times in my past, and even I get tempted now, that I'm like, yeah, I don't like that song. Yeah, that song's not for me. Oh, that, that song is theologically incorrect. Now, we should have theologically correct songs. But deal with that later, it's not about me. I can make comment all day about how a song is theologically incorrect while I might be missing an opportunity to corporately worship with my, with my family. Now, if there is constantly theologically incorrect songs, you go to me, you go to your pastor, you go to the worship leader and say, humbly say, can you help me understand what that song means? And you address it. But don't address it when you're in the presence of, don't address it when you're gathering. Use that time to worship because we are before the Lord. Now, next week we'll talk about how we have an audience of one everywhere we go, okay? So we always live with an audience of one. I'm speaking specifically about the time that we gather to worship. I could feel the people sing. God is always with us. <laughs> I'm like, I will talk about that next week, okay? What worship is not about, how many people are in the room? It's funny, we were in a conversation with our team and rally, you know, we had a bunch of people here. It was like so amazing, right? And then last week, it was just like, yeah, there was like no people. Uh, there weren't that many people here, you know, just kind of down, you know, like people didn't show up. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> now, obviously, I care. I want you to come. But I'm just saying, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Our worship, you could put me up on stage with Tiffany. You want me here to sing. But you put me up there, and we worship. It is not about how you're worshiping. It is not about how the sound tech is worshiping. It is not about how many people are in the room, who showed up, who didn't show up. The only thing that matters is that this time that we have is consecrated, set apart. It is intentionally designed that we would come and lay aside our selfishness, put our focus on Jesus, that he would be hollowed above all the earth, especially in this room, and that even though skeptics might be here, faithlessness might be here, sinfulness might be in the room. It doesn't matter in this moment because in God's presence we are hollowing him, making him bigger because the only hope that any of us have for any future is him. And the presence of God is not about our sinfulness, our uh, behavior isn't about any of those things. God will deal with those things later, but if we do not get worship right, our life will not be right. If, we do not, if, we, if, our perf if our worship is attached to our performance, then we will be stuck. Because worship is an expression, is a faith action towards grace. I remember this. I used to be in like high school, middle school. And I used to be going into worship. I hated worship. I would skip worship intentionally. I would like, anybody else do that? Like, I'm like, I don't want to go to worship today. I'm just going to you know, show up a little bit late. Anyone been there? Come on. We're my honest people. Don't lie. Come on. Thank you. Y'all liars. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, maybe you're not just as bad as me. So I didn't go to church. I would skip worship. I would show up late because like, I don't want to worship. Because this is why. I, during worship, was when I get, got the most convicted. I'd be like, man, I looked at porn last week. Oh, I can't worship. I'm a hypocrite. I can't worship. I'm probably going to go back to it. That's why I didn't want to go. It's because that's when God dealt with me. But what I didn't know 
is that the way that God was dealing, dealing with me, I misinterpreted it. I interpreted it as I suck, I'm terrible, I'm a hypocrite, when am I going to get my act together? You see, what happens though when you realize your sinfulness, but then you see the grace of God within your sinfulness, you actually, we actually start to see Jesus more clearly. You see, the best worship is not the worship from a holy person. You see, there was a man who was, who was worshiping God. He was praying, and Jesus gives us this interaction that there's a man who says, looks at the other uh, pagan tax collector, and he says, God, thank you that I am not like that sinner over there. And then Jesus gives commentary about that tax collector. He says, woe is me, forgive me. I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the exact words, but he says, I am the worst of sinners, God. Have mercy on me. And Jesus gives commentary that that man's worship was holier than that man's worship. That man might not, he was a, this guy was a tax collector. This Pharisee might not have been stealing money from people. He might not have been the one who's criminally taking money from people through taxation. This man might have done that. And yet God says his worship was pure before God. His worship was not. What does that tell us? It tells us that our worship is, is not, how do I say this without, our worship, our behavior matters, but our worship is not about our behavior in the moment. It is about seeing Jesus correctly and responding appropriately. If we learn to respond appropriately to God's grace through Jesus Christ, our life will change. But if we continually condemn ourselves by our behavior, then we will be stuck in the cyclical pattern of addiction and condemnation. So the first step for us to know is that when we're worshiping, it is not about our behavior, it is all about Jesus. It is not about you and I, it is all about him. I'm going to give commentary next on it is not about, worship is not about the people you are worshiping with. I've been made aware of this pattern because of my own sinful nature. That there are times when I am worshiping in corporate gathering that I will look at someone and I will judge them because I know their sin. I know their dirt. I've seen their Instagram. I'm like, I know what you was doing last weekend and here you are up here going, Jesus. But I've seen your Instagram hypocrite. Listen, friends, take the plank out of your own eye. The worship, remember we said that worship is all about God? Let them worship God in their hypocrisy. Their only solution is if they, if they come under the fear of the Lord and they see Jesus rightly. That is their only hope. Don't judge them. Pray that the fear of God hits them. Pray that they see Jesus rightly. Do not judge them as a hypocrite because of their sin. Some of you have been hurt by people in this room. You don't get along, and then you see them worshiping. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying it happens. And you'll make commentary. They worship. They're drawing attention to themselves. They just want everyone to think they're more spiritual. Listen, maybe it's true. Only God knows it's all about him. It's all about him. 
Our worship, our lives, our expressions of worship are all about him. If people are dancing and you think they're being hypocritical, then you should, we should probably just slow down, take the plank out, give them the benefit of the doubt, and if it's really distracting, you can go and talk to them and talk to me and we'll figure out a way to navigate a conversation about the distraction, but don't judge them based on their sinful patterns of behavior or maybe their, your perceived judgments about their intentions. Whew. It's a little bit of surgery going on right here, right? We're getting right there. Poop, got it. Take that out. And then how you worship. Comparison kills. What worship is not about. It's not about comparison. Listen, we got a lot of introverts in the room. I love introverts. I love talking to you. I love interacting with introverts. I love introverts. When we were dancing and the flags and everything at rally and like worship is going on and people are jumping and stuff, some of you introverts are just like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> like, I ain't no way. Tiffy's like, give a shout of praise. And you're like, amen. <laughs> Listen, don't compare yourself. The only one who can see our hearts is God. I know David danced. I'm not telling you to dance. I'm telling you to have an audience of one. I'm telling you that the only person who matters in this room is God himself who, dwelt, who has dwelt among us and has bore witness to our spirit. He is who matters. And listen, no one is judging you. Nobody really cares about you that much anyway. Some people are like, if I raise my hand, they might be looking. No one cares, okay? It is not about you. It is all about God. And even if they do judge you, let them judge it's not about them anyway. It is all about God. My last point here. <laughs> Pure worship will always draw the attention of skeptics. Worship before an audience of one. Second Samuel 6.20, And David returned to bless his household, but Michael, the daughter of Saul, came to him, to his wife, to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today. That is like sarcastic uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of a vulgar fellow shamelessly uncovers himself. David goes on to say, I will become even more indignified than this. You see, pure worship will always draw the attention of skeptics. Always. My encouragement, do not fear man, fear God. Do not fear man. Fear God. When we gather and worship, whether you attend Res Life or not, I want you to be so laser focused on honoring and ministering to God, being thankful unto Him so that His presence, that He might be enthroned. You see, it's not about Him coming down so that your life is easier. It is all about us gathering so that we might enthrone Him, so that others might see Him, so He can be hallowed, so His kingdom can come. It has nothing to do with you. If you're having a bad day, listen, I get it. The, the bad day praises are the best praises God loves. He loves bad day praises. Those are his favorites. Like he loves the praises on a bad day. Don't let the tension and the focus and the emotions of our day or our fears of man steal the worship that God deserves. Okay. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. We're actually going to go back into one song worship just to apply this. Right on. So stay in your seat real quick. Stay in your seat real quick. I'm going to jump up on the stage, and then I'll invite you to stand up. But I am not singing. No, I am not singing.
audience of one. Okay, I'll sing. It's not about me. You're right, but it is. I mean, I don't want to distract you, though. So, there we go. Oh, dang, I owe Trevor lunch now. Darn it. I told Trevor, I was, gonna, I was like, Trevor, I'll give you a signal. I'll tell Trevor, hey, come up, and I forgot to do it. It's now I owe him lunch. Duh, jeez. Some of you are like, this is like a holy moment, Jake. Come on, settle down. Okay, let's stand up. We'll get back into it. I like to, just to let you know, I like to call that like the Holy Ghost to anesthesia, you know, like where you're like, you're going at it, you're hitting a hard thing, and then you just make a little joke. Everyone laughs. It's like when they give you that laughing gas. It's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. You know, it's like that. So I want you to stand up. I want you to get out, get out of your chairs, get to a spot where you can worship. If you want to come to the front, you can. But we're going we're gonna to worship before an audience of one, okay? We're going to apply this. It's not about us. It's not about how you worship. It is about being authentic. It is about not being authentic in the point of you don't feel it. It is expressing your worship to God in a way that would be honorable to him, that would bless his heart, that would, that would, that would make him to be seen clearly so that he'd be enthroned in this room. And I wanted to end and, and intro this last set of worship just by saying in Revelation it talks about one day talks about the throne room of heaven and how there are these creatures, and don't freak out, there are these creatures who have all these eyes on them, and Jesus is, is, is sitting on the throne, and they're all looking at him, worshiping him. All attention is on Jesus. And then the, the elders of the church, they come and lay their crowns at their feet, and they, they worship, they holy, holy, holy. It is, heaven, heaven is a party, but it is a party of nonstop worship unto God. And so our time here on earth is preparation for heaven. So the more that we learn to worship God rightly, the more prepared we will be for heaven. So in that day, there will be only one that matters. Like when, when, a, when someone walks into the presence of the queen, so when we walk into the presence of God, may we have one person in mind. So would you close your eyes, and I want you just to do a faith act, an act of worship, whether it's raising your hands or kneeling, hands out in front of you. I don't care what you do, but I want you to make a faith act of worship as I pray. Jesus, it is all about you. Father, it's all about you. Spirit, it is all about you. God, I just honor you. There is none like you. God, there's no one in all of the universe, God, who compares to God, to the Lord Jesus. No one loves like you. No one provides justice like you. No one is righteous like you. No one is holy like you, God. No one is like you, God. And we enthrone you in this place tonight, God. Be enthroned. May you rule and reign and be seen rightly in this place, God. May every idol fall as we lift up praise to the one true God who brings light to all areas of darkness, God. 
So may the light of the world shine bright in this place, God. And may we testify, God, may we get a taste, may we get a glimpse, God, of what it will be like one day when we are in your presence, unveiled, face to face. May we see you. May we get a glimpse, God. May we just taste it. May we just like the drop of water on a finger to a thirsty man, God. May we just taste, God, a glimpse of heaven tonight as we lift you up and enthrone God above every name, above every sin, above every circumstance. God, we lay aside every, may, may we lose remembrance for every sin that we might see Jesus rightly. May we experience the grace of God in this worship, God, and may we not base our worship on performance, but on Jesus and his finished work, God. We lift up the name of Jesus. We honor Jesus in this place. Say it with me, say it with me, just say, holy, 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 holy,